All right. Hello, Idiots on Parade, the two ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? And hello, Brian. Oh, hey, I didn't see you guys there because I can't see you. Yeah. <laughs> I just wrote that as a dad joke, kind of. <laughs> it's, a, it's a recording nice, nice. joke. Uh, this is Brian Irwin, uh, Jake, and listeners. Brian Irwin is one of my uh, oldest, bestest friends, like stood in my wedding friends. He uh, lives in Los Angeles. So we have three time zones of the four going right now. We have Pacific central and east time zones going as we record tell the listeners we are recording on saturday april 4th so if on sunday we all die of coronavirus and then you listen to this on monday when we post as always you don't have to wonder like hey why aren't they talking about the fact everybody died on sunday because it happened after we recorded just let we just want to let you know that um very quickly Brian- nice to meet you man thanks for being on the show who nate yeah nate thanks for being on our show man and um yeah it's not a problem <laughs> Jake, thanks for barely throwing a laugh out. I really appreciate that. It's it's hard to get Jake to laugh. But uh, Jake and listeners, Brian is the writer and producer of the movie Fixed. And uh, if you want to Google that, you can rent it on YouTube, Amazon, and Google Play. And he's also a host on the podcast Hollywood Anonymous, which you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. And during the quarantine, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, you are doing live streams on Facebook every weekday at, is it uh, 11 a.m.? Pacific and then 2 p.m. Eastern. Correct. Is it? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just time filler stuff. Yeah. Just just talking like we're about to talk. All right. Well, let's jump in with the uh, the news that I said. Uh, Brian, you and I have talked about this on the side. Jake, you and I have talked about this on the podcast. Uh, David Geffen with his yacht. After we talked about it, he deleted not just that post about him and his super yacht, he deleted his entire Instagram. He got so much shit for being tone deaf during the time of quarantine. Oh wow, I didn't I didn't see the part where he where he took his entire Instagram off. I just I just saw the part about deleting the tweets. Yeah, he he's done. He's like, "Oh, I I don't think he made an announcement. I think it was just sort of quietly disappeared." See, I don't know, man, it kind of felt unnecessary. Like, with everything that's going on, I'd be shocked if people still gave a fuck about that guy's douchey uh, uh, yacht tweet after a week. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think it's one of those things people might hold on to because it just it, it deals with the coronavirus. As we said last week, now is the perfect time to fuck up in your life outside of the coronavirus. You do something wrong uh, because the coronavirus news will overshadow it. But I think, you know, that's one of those things that'll stick around just because it relates. Well, I mean, that's why it got on people's radar in the first place. But there's going to be so many bigger things happening with a global pandemic than one guy making a a, a douchey kind of tone-deaf post. You'd think, but uh, Joe Rogan was trending today because he said he'd vote for Trump over Biden. People get pissed over whatever they want to get pissed over <laughs> well but he's also like a like a bigger entertainer and stuff whereas this guy yeah he's a he's a movie mogul or, or whatever he's a billionaire but you don't really hear this guy's name uh with the same kind of frequency as joe rogan he doesn't have like a massive podcast where he's talking his opinions and you know on on a weekly basis for hours at a time that you know millions and millions of people tune into so i mean i i think that there's Stuff that Joe Rogan says is is definitely going to be um, I, I I don't know it's 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 going to have more weight on people than this guy. That's true. I the thing I thought was funny. Did you did either of you catch the Joe Rogan quote, quote Brian? I did not. I did not know that till now. Uh, Brian, no, no. 
But uh, can I just? You said either one of us, and then you said Brian. Can I just? Can I just? Uh, just chime in on, on two things that you guys brought up. Uh, yeah, just always jump in whenever you want. Right. Don't wait for us. Well, just jump yeah, right it's in. a dog pile, man. Uh, just go. It's fine. I just wanted you know, trying to be polite here. I'll apologize many times. I'm from the Midwest. Um, so uh, two things that, that one is uh, I can't remember which one of you guys said this maybe Nate about the coronavirus kind of like trumping a lot of other news I hate using the term Trump but anyway but you know what I'm saying like it basically you could do it but you could mess up on a bunch of other things and all the talks about coronavirus which is interesting because I just watched uh, McMillions which wasn't as great as everybody oh, so said it was really I loved it I man. thought it was fine but I don't like the hype trains that say oh my god I we ended up you know HBO is free right now so that was one of the things that they're they're showing before um, you go too far, let me just say I'm only three episodes deep. So it's, don't. I, I'm not going to yeah. wreck anything other than the fact that they do make a reference to the fact that 9 11 happens while they're trying to make all this a big deal. And, of course, you know, kind of what you're talking about, Nate, coronavirus, 9 11, sure. there were a lot of things going on in the world the day before 9 11, and a lot of people got a lot less press for all the bad shit that they were doing, right? Because 9 11 took over. And not saying that they didn't, they got away with anything. It's just that people were tending to talk about it less. Secondly, the David Geffen thing. I think the reason why it was such a big deal, and, and there's there are the pros and cons to pulling stuff off and overreacting the other way and taking your stuff down versus just living with what you did and moving on and knowing that people will forget about it in a week. The sure. David Geffen thing, um, I think, was such a big deal because leading up to that, you heard stupid people uh, from the Hobby Lobby guy to the CEO of Whole Foods telling people who barely have any money to, to help out other people who are struggling with money. And I think when, when that's happening simultaneously with people who are billionaires that if they donated $100 million, it wouldn't even affect their lives in any way, shape, or form. That's right, what, that that's vote was what, worth, I think, what, $520 million right. or something like that? And that's what people are getting upset about. And you're starting to see that now in the tail end where a lot of research is coming back and that a lot of poor people are getting sick. And a lot of poor people don't know how to get unsick. And so it's kind of highlighting that simultaneously while people who have hundreds of billions of dollars in the bank are saying, you know, you people with less money than us should totally step up and help each other out like it that's the tone deafness i think that creates the rage at a lower level that being said most people on twitter are dicks so you know it goes both that's sure. true right that's what oh don't, don't get me wrong i totally get why people got pissed off what i'm saying is there's so much other stuff going on with this this disease that as long as he fucking keeps his head down and just sort of stays quiet about it and lets lets it go away um on you know it's other stuff's going to happen celebrities are going to start dying something's going to happen and it's you know this is this would be a good time to have this happen is 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 what i'm saying and i i don't think uh if he like i definitely get taken the post down i i think it's a bit unnecessary taking down your entire instagram that's all i'm saying because i think people are going to forget about this very quickly i'm i'm 
pretty sure I'm not wrong about that, but I, I think it was the entire Instagram. Brian, you go and I'll Google this. Yeah, even if he did, you have to also remember, Geffen's got to be like 70 years old. He shouldn't be on social media anyway. So the, the, he should, Hey, that's a fucking good call. Yeah, it, yeah. So, 70-year-olds only get themselves in trouble on social media. I, I be, yeah, Exactly. That is so true. You get to a certain age where like, you start speaking your mind, and it's okay if you're in your neighborhood. It turns out when your neighborhood is social media, it's not okay. That's what we've, If we've learned anything over the last 10 years, that is like such a highlight of growing old because we all have we've all grown up around crotchety old people through the decades and when you get crotchety and you get old and you've kind of been there done it you say a lot of a lot of crap comes out of your mouth and you know back then it's like oh grandpa and you just roll your eyes and walk away because grandpa's not going to really harm anybody in his room yelling about things or yelling at the mashed potatoes at dinner you know but now right, you right. do it on a public forum it's a it has a little bit more gravity to it where you kind of get yourself in more trouble Sure. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I would uh, if I if I had a a seventy one year old loved one who was on that stuff, I would I would hack their phones and I would I would just completely burn all their accounts. Done. Uh, I have three thoughts. Uh, the first one, I don't even think we should go into because everyone does. But obviously, Trump is a crotchety old man, and he's on Twitter, so that basically says everything we're saying. Um, Two, I was correct, he did delete his entire Instagram. And then three, I do want to segue now into an article I sent both of you. So you have David Geffen posting his yacht, but then it only made news for a day because that's the attention span we have is we're only angry by what's in front of us. Uh, soccer player Carly Lloyd got shit for posting on, uh, was it her Instagram? On Twitter that she signed a uh deal with volkswagen and they gave her a new car and she just wrote thank you volkswagen for my new ride loving the new 2020 atlas crossport proud to be part of the vw family this is a soccer player posting about getting a new car and people reacted as if it were david geffen and his yacht because right, that, that's yeah. sort of the problem is everything is a 10 you you can't you know uh harvey weinstein is a 10 and um Shit, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The Saturday Al Franken is a ten. David Geffen is a ten. But then this soccer player who just got a new car from signing a deal is also a ten. It's like she got a car. She's proud of it. She's happy. She gave a thumbs up picture. She wasn't rubbing in anyone's nose. I see a maybe it's in slightly poor taste, but I see a huge difference between this soccer player saying, "Hey, I just signed a deal with Volkswagen and they gave me a car. I'm pretty happy about it," and David Geffen saying, "Why aren't you sitting on your yacht?" Right, what, what is every post got to be doom and gloom for the next two months or, you know, however long it fucking takes to get over this thing, you know? I mean, I, I would tell, she, yeah, total, totally different thing than the David Geller thing. She should tell these Geller? people to suck her new car's dick. Well, she kind of did, and actually that's the difference between being David Geffen and someone who's a little bit more age appropriate for social media and grew up around it and knows how to deal with it because she met it head on and was like no i'm not apologizing i i worked hard i got a car it happened to come in now that doesn't mean all this other stuff's not happening but i'm not i'm not going to take your shit people like she met it head on and said nah i'm good and the thing is is with most trolls they go away because you're not getting upset with them you're just like nah nope bye well, especially in a time like this, when there's so much going on news-wise with this this pandemic thing, unless you are the documentary Tiger King, nothing that's not this disease will will break through at all. Yeah, and that is true. And I like what Brian just said because uh, Jake and I talked about this a while ago. Brian, I don't know if it was on your radar. The 
uh, fitness expert Julian or Jillian Michaels, I forget her name, um, she said that it was sad that we talked about Lizzo as opposed to her music, and everybody said, oh my god, you're fat shaming her, blah, 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 and she went, fuck you, I'm into fitness, you know, diabetes is not, like, she did the same thing, she did not back down, and they moved on to the next thing, it's like, the Twitter trolls, the people that are perpetually angry, they want victims, they want to know that they got under someone's skin and oh I'm so sorry or I deleted my account then they can chalk that up as a victory and as you just said and rightfully so she said let me read Carly Lloyd's tweet it's sad that I have to explain myself but I'm choosing to be thankful thankful for my health for my time with my husband I'm choosing to put a smile on my face despite what is going on it has given me a new appreciation of life so yes I am thankful that a month that after a month the car arrived and I'm appreciative of it end of story she just went right back at him and that's what you have to do as long as you're not David Geffen really rubbing your nose in it. and hers wasn't a rub your nose in it post either nope. it was just like hey this neat thing happened I'm really happy uh, you guys may or may not know this, but there is a huge difference between a Volkswagen and a, a super yacht. Uh, just by a little, if you, uh, yeah, a, a yeah, few. by about about half a billion dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have that by the way too, Jake. Five hundred and ninety million dollars super yacht. So yes, a Volkswagen versus a five hundred and ninety million. When you buy a when you buy a five hundred and ninety million yacht, do you think there's haggling? You know what I mean? Like, do you think those guys even haggle at that point? Do you think the guy comes in, oh, 590? Ah, oh, that's steep. I can't swing it, dude. I can maybe do 570 mil. 570 mil. That's uh, 590. That's just, that's that's crazy. How many, wait, how many rooms? No, 570 tops. Come on, 580. Meet me in the middle. You say that, Jake, but you know, there seems to be, and again, this is not fact-checked, but it seems to be, Common knowledge. They say that a lot of people that have that kind of money are money hoarders. So they may actually haggle because they're money that. hoarders. Yeah, I can. You know that makes a lot of sense. You you, you know you, they they obviously saved up a pretty penny. Maybe maybe they just they fucking haggle everything. Yeah, because they don't like to let go of it. Yeah, that does make sense. Well, but then again, I don't know, man. Buying a, buying a half a billion dollar yacht that's kind of letting go of a. Of a pretty good chunk of it. Well, but you're getting something in return. And if you can knock it down from six hundred million to five hundred and ninety, you're gonna do it. You're not gonna just toss ten million like I'll give him the ten million. Although I will say this: Do you tip? Do you tip the guy? Do you tip the guy (laughs) who you're you're signing the paperwork? Do you throw down like a ten percent tip on that? How's that work? Is there broker fees with that shit? Oh, good God! You're talking about three people that'll never know. Because we'll never, we'll never be at that level to even know. So, see, now, I don't know. You say that I'm being optimistic, dude. I'm going to have that fucking boat one of these days, either by saving up like uh, David Geller did, or by uh, y- you know, when, once it goes Mad Max times, I'm I'm visiting his dock first, and and that's absolutely what I'm taking over. I will pirate that thing. All right, I like there. how you keep calling him David Geller. It makes me think you're confusing him with Yuri Geller, the mag- magician from the 1970s. Wait, what's his name? Geffen. David Geffen. David Geffen. That's right. Is I, Yuri I, I the guy I that off, bent spoons, I, David, or uh, Brian? Uh, was I David Gell? Yeah, I don't know. Yuri it's such an obscure reference. I, 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 let's just go with yes, unless somebody wants to Google it. <laughs> I knew he was someone. I just couldn't remember which of the 70s was he on hair, feathered inc- hair, mustache. Was he on That's Incredible? He was. I Probably. still have no idea who David Geller is. Then I don't know why I'm throwing that name. That out sounds. There. I think Could that's just the be name a of a man. musician, David Geller. I believe that's. Oh yeah, I think you know what? I think you're right. Yeah, 
but I wish we had something like nuts. the internet to look it up. But I'm that's too true. Busy, that's so. true. I think I'm gonna, I'm about to do this. That would take David Geller. Well, speaking of the internet, will you look? Uh, we'll transition into this. Um, it was hot. It was trending on Twitter, and uh, there was actually a, supposedly an FBI warning saying that uh, the chat service Zoom is a just a hot spot for predators and the the headline was there's a dark side to the internet there's a dark side of zoom and there was an fbi warning um didn't we know this already that there's a dark side to the internet does nobody remember chat roulette when that was going to be the next big dating app except guys just used it to show their dick because that's what's going on with zoom is uh people are have hosting zoom parties because we can't uh do face to face and for some reason, even though you can make private closed groups on Zoom... I was going to say, yeah, man, I thought you had to <laughs> right. send invites and shit, right? Well, somehow, I mean, they, they leave it open space, and the next thing you know, like, the, the story I sent you is uh, about um, a Chicago politician's Zoom call being interrupted by porn streaming hijackers. I saw one story where the first kid to graduate from college, and I'm 90% sure it was a guy, I didn't save the story, in his family, the first guy to graduate in his family was holding a graduation party, and a stranger just started showing their dick. And the story was this, the whole day was ruined, uh, his special day was over. And I'm like, I don't know what kind of guy you are, but... (laughs) If I saw a dick in the middle of a Zoom meeting, I'd be like, oh, well, there's a dick. All right, there's a guy showing his dick. Let's uh, shut this down, Grandma. There's a dick in this corner. You, like, how does that ruin your entire day? I, maybe, maybe he's super religious. Maybe his grandma had never seen a dick before. <laughs> yeah, she was artificially inseminated by Jesus, or by God. <laughs> he's the second Jesus. He's, he's the second Jesus, and he's very upset about dicks in Zoom. That's in the Bible. He hates that shit. Zoom, not, not for nothing, though. A quick aside, as we talk, uh, I know it's two minutes ago, but David Geffen and his $590 million yacht and things we will never achieve. Uh, As we talk about David Geffen and his yacht, I'm sitting in a basement, one room over from the litter box, and the cat just took a power shit, and it's stinking up the entire basement. So as we are talking about how the rich live, David Geffen's cat probably has its own wing on his mansion. So it goes over to like three to ten rooms away from David Geffen to take a shit. Meanwhile, I'm breathing the most powerful cat shit smell in the world right now. Rich cats don't uh, poop, and neither do models. Hey, so um, (laughs) uh, as far as the Zoom thing goes, you are right, Nate. It's just like the the only difference now compared to three weeks ago is idle time. And, And people don't seem to understand that, that there should be no shock that there's more hacking and more mischief going on because those people now have a lot more time on their hands to do this kind of stuff. And that's that's always, since the internet's been around, that type of stuff has been around. Phishing scans been around since email's been around. So it's like, why are we, none of this should surprise us. It, it's like, and it's, it's really nothing to get that upset about. It's like, yeah, like you said, the dark web. Oh my God, the dark web. There's a president in the White House who believes in the dark web and lives on it. So of course we all know about the dark web. Well, let me let me take what you said and twist it a little. Um, it's not that they have more time. Uh, you said the hackers they have more time. It's that there are there are more people to exploit. I think is what you meant because yes, now everybody's that's I mean. sitting at home. Yeah, yeah, idle time. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that because um, like I, the only example I thought of immediately was Chatler Roulette. Like the idea that if you have an open source 
video chat, a stranger will show up and show their dick is nothing new. Um, what's funny to me is I have a, I have several people, friends that are teachers, but one of them sent me a message and said, well, uh, today is the first day of online classes, virtual teaching. One guy started vaping students. One student started vaping during a online classroom. Uh, others are trying to sell their laptops on eBay. They say they are school laptops. One called a teacher a motherfucker, and again, another one broke into Zoom with gay porn, just like happened in Chicago. That last one to me is hilarious because I think that's something I would have done if I had the opportunity when I was in high school. If if I had the technical know-how and someone set up an online classroom, damn bet you I would start streaming gay porn into that. I got to be honest with you. If I'm those teachers, though... I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this is all annoying, but at least these motherfuckers aren't in the same classroom with me. That's oh, that's good, true, man. Yeah, Teachers do not get paid, especially high school te- teachers. I remember being in high school. We were fucking animals, man. I would show... I, in fact, that's my new conspiracy theory. I think the coronavirus was started by high school teachers, so they didn't have to see those fuckers in person anymore. <laughs> Well, I, I I skipped most of my senior year, so I was always gone. But let me uh, throw to Brian on this one because he and I are both parents. How old are your kids, Tanner and Elliot? How old are they? They are fourteen and twelve. Okay, and mine are five and seven. And I'll quick tell you my homeschooling story because now my wife works from home because of the quarantine, and so I am the teacher. She pulls up a schedule every day, and I'm the one that has to help them through it. And I have, I've always said teachers deserve more respect. I've always said there should be smaller classrooms. I've always said they deserve more money. Just dealing with my own two kids and the, okay, write that down. No, okay, quick drawing pictures. Truman, can you just write that? All day long, holy fuck. The fact that they're older, when, when they get older, like Jake said, uh, high school and, and just just fucking holy christ what are you dealing with at 12 and 14 are they more focused or are they less like my kids are young so they're unfocused so it takes me all day to keep them on task what is your experience dealing with 12 and 14 year olds and trying to teach them at home well i'm gonna sound like a blowhearted prick right now but i'm gonna be honest with you my wife and i made a conscious effort when the kids were in elementary school to make homework and studying and time management really important. And we talked about why we wanted to do it then because we figured when they got older and started going through the, you know, the, the changes that we all go through physiologically or, or biologically, I'm sorry, um, that you know, that's where you're most likely going to get your resistance or your distractions. And to be honest with you, I'm glad we did it the way we did because they're so trained now that they just, they know. They're like, no, no, it's important for us to stay focused and get this stuff done and manage our time properly. We'll have more free time because we also do believe in free time and that we believe that young kids, um, the best way for them to grow up and be good human beings is to not be doing school and studying and being punished and yelled at all the time by their parents, but actually experiencing life in their own way and making them a well-rounded human being that's not just a robot absorbing a bunch of information. Because kids, and you'll notice this as your kids get older, Nate, 
they're sponges whether you think that they're paying attention or not. They're actually paying attention to the things that matter to them and they'll find their way. So anyway, I know that was a long-winded answer, but I've had no problems. No, I, li- I like that, man. Uh, start discipline early. Joe Jackson said that, and he was right. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I like that because it gives me hope because that is kind of what we are doing right now is – we have the schedule that goes up. It's it's on the whiteboard, and it says 9 to 10 a.m. is math. 10 to 10.30 is exercise. They do an online thing to get their wiggles out. 10.30 to 11.30 is free time. Then 11.30 to 12 is PBS Kids. Then lunch. Like, we do have a schedule, and they know they have. And I tell them, like, when, when Truman, who's five, starts farting around, I'm like, buddy, you don't have to do this right now. But I know you want to play Mario Kart later, and this will be done before you play Mario Kart. And then he goes, fine, and starts to work on it. So it's sort of a reward process. Is like, I'm not going to be on him yelling and screaming like, do your goddamn homework. But I will say, that's fine. You have to get this done before you get your reward. If, if you want to play your Mario Kart, you are doing this sheet. How that happens now, two hours from now, whatever, that's just the way it works. Dude, is Mario Kart still a thing? It is it if is. you're five and seven. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so is we. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think it's really important. This translates to adults, too. And, and this has been something that we've also been very aware of in our household. This is not normal. Nothing about what is happening to us is normal. So if you add stress to a situation that has an underlying subconscious anxiety and stress already built into it because the human condition knows that it is not normal, you're only making your life worse if you try to force everything too much. Balance is important and not overreacting and not getting too in kids or anybody in your house, not getting into their head or into their face too much. Because it's just, you got to spread it out. And, you know, we also, in our house, we constantly talk about like, yeah, this is weird, but, you know, it's okay. We'll figure it out. Not a big deal. We try to play both sides of it a little bit. So it's not a house riddled with anxiety and being driven by, well, just focus on your homework and do all that crap and leave me alone so that we can just get through this. That's not helping either, you know? I, I will say that this is the best time so far in history to be just stuck in your apartment, man. There's Grubhub, there's Netflix and shit. If this had happened even 20 years ago, every single family would be like the goddamn Shining right now. It would be awful. Three channels to watch. We'd also have 100 million more people in the world. That's yeah. true. <laughs> we're still going to have a baby boom. I don't know how big it will be, but uh, we're, we'll still have that. Little Corona babies? Yeah. Yeah. There's a term for it already, the coron- uh, coronials. That's what it is. They're coronials. The <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. Um, so what should we transition to next? I like this story. I like two stories I sent you. That's not it. I clicked on it. Oh, uh, the Florida story. It's a shit sandwich. Republicans rage as Florida becomes a nightmare for Trump. If you read I don't think story, I, I I did not uh, see that article, man. I, I missed that one. Oh, here, Jake. Okay. Uh, Jake, I'll sum it up for you. There's a state called Florida. End. I've seen it. <laughs> it's still not going well there, huh? <laughs> it's still uh, still still not a shining uh, example of American exceptionalism. Mm. Florida? No, not. Well, I'll here. Here's what happened: is if you remember, uh, previous governor Rick Scott, now Senator Rick Scott. Uh, when he was governor, he wanted his unemployment numbers to go down. Every governor wants to say, look, we have low unemployment. 
So what he did is he created his uh, the website to apply for unemployment benefits. He made it um, as bad as Obamacare launch on day one when they had to scrap that website and bring in people to fix it, except he didn't fix it. So he saw, he saw what happened with Obamacare, and he was like, that was genius. He didn't have to give fucking anybody insurance. I'm going to exactly. do that shit with unemployment. So... It, according to the article, Florida, the Florida system that Scott is designed is doing exactly what it was designed to do, lower the state's reported number of jobless claims after the Great Recession. It's done, they use the word design several times, it's done several times. Um, they make it difficult to navigate, so you can't make your way to the finish line, and then you can't apply for benefits, and if you don't apply for benefits, you are not registered, which is probably the least surprising thing i've ever read about a politician and it's both sides i'm not going to shit on republicans here bill clinton did it too he had a welfare to work program that kicked people off welfare and and it's one of those things that might look good on paper where you're like yeah if they don't want to get a job then they shouldn't get welfare well, like what if they just perpetually uh, apply for welfare but don't look for work but study after study shows that that is the absolute minority. Like when they show the one person who uses food stamps to buy lobster, that is less than 1%. Most people use it to feed their families. Most people that are on employment use it as a bridge, as a gap between um, not having a job and getting a job. So it's, yeah, it's just, not like you use a food stamp to buy, you use food stamps to buy lobster and then you just get an unlimited amount of that. Like you get a finite number of that. You can maybe buy a lobster. You're going to be hungry as fuck the rest of the week if you're really depending on that for yeah, food. Absolutely, and so that's why it's as this as the coronavirus crisis hits, and they say six point three point three million people applied for unemployment two weeks ago, six point six this past week, uh, ten million unemployed in two weeks. It's they say it could hit thirty percent unemployment as opposed to the three percent. It's sad but not surprising that that is how this was set up in florida as more a frustrating system than an actual let's help you get back on your feet system it's it's funny and sad to be fair not as bad as i expected from florida i thought he was going to be feeding unemployed people to alligators so <laughs> that would be but it's just funny and sad that glass is half full that the best quote i ever heard about the political parties comes from dave barry the humorist who actually does live in florida now where he said if you have a broken car on the side of the road if you have a flat tire uh, not a broken he said if you have a flat tire and you are on the side of the road a republican will drive by you in his limousine on the way to the country club and completely ignore you the democrat will pull over try and help you change your tire and in the process eventually let your light your car on fire so at least the Democrats try to be helpful and are incompetent, whereas Republicans are just cruel. And that's what this system is designed right here in Florida. It's designed to be cruel. And that's it's funny and sad that it is being exposed right now at a time when Floridians need it more than ever. Well, and, and I will say this, uh, coming from Wisconsin, because you may or may not remember this, Nate, but when we were growing up there, I can't remember if it was Tommy Thompson or whatever, they were trying to get people off of welfare as well, and they kind of were trying to set up these phases to phase people out of it, basically trying to force you to go get a job. Um, and again, they were kind of hanging their hat on the small percentage of people that abused the system. And really what I learned from that, and, I've, and, and I view it through that lens when I look at the situation down in Florida, is it's just lazy oversight. That was the easiest solution for them to just not deal with this stuff. It's like point fingers at a small group of people 
that can be uh, highlighted to justify your lazy actions when in theory, if you're concerned, genuinely concerned about too many people being on welfare, then maybe you need to spend your money elsewhere to do better oversight with them and help get them off of welfare. But they won't do that because that just that requires effort and, and, and time to put into that. There are people that take care of the, that, that take advantage of the welfare system. I know some people that do it. And there's not much you could do about some of them. The majority of people don't. Well, and I, I'll say this, even the, the people that do take advantage of the welfare system, they always point at those people. And like you said, it's, it's, it's a, it's a small minority out of the people, but also, the people that, that are kind of taking advantage of that, it's not like they're living this extravagant lifestyle. If, if you're on welfare, that means you don't have any, you know, legal, like on paper money coming in. Correct. And so, unless you're, unless you're like a big time crack dealer or something, um, you know, unless you're Scarface, you're not, you're not living an extravagant, like it's, it's not, it's not something that most people would want, even if they could get away with it, because it's like, okay, well, I, I'd rather like have a job outside of the morality of it. You're not you're not living a very good lifestyle if you're just on on welfare and not working. You know, so they're not they're not really getting over. No, and the thing that I, I think that's being missed in all of this, because I saw on the, in the last recession as well, and you can see it historically whenever there's been major financial problems in the United States, is. If you don't do something with these people, all they're going to do is burden the criminal system. These people are just going to start committing crimes. And it, it, and, and some of them are going to commit crimes they never would have committed. And some of those crimes will be, unfortunately, violent crimes. And so it's like, you, you, it's like, choose your poison, man. Choose your poison. Yeah. It's, they, they, there's this weird idealistic sort of view of it where they go, if, if these people, you know, don't have as much access to welfare, they're going to go, like these, these same ones I'm talking who are, are just straight up scamming the system, not looking for work. It's not like those same people are going to go, oh, well, I can't do that. I guess I'm going to go become the CEO of something. I guess I'm going to go start a nonprofit and dig wells in Africa. They're kind of going to do the opposite of that. And the going back to what I said, I, I had a memory spark as you were talking the guy that I remember that they profiled that did use his welfare to buy lobster, he was a surfer dude. So, you know, he's on the outlier. He's he's not making wise decisions regardless. He's just sort of like, dude, I catch the waves, I eat a lobster, I do this. Whereas the majority of people fall outside that where they are desperately trying to feed their families, as I said. Yeah, if you've got families, that's, it's a little tougher taking what little money they'll give you for food stamps and spending it on lobsters. Exactly, yeah. And Unless your brought- kids really love crustaceans and don't need to eat <laughs> but once a week. <laughs> then, then then, go ahead, lobster it up. Thank you for bringing and- up the term crustacean. I just love that word. Dude, it's a fun fucking word, and, and people, we need to bring it back because it, 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 just, it rolls off the tongue. It's, it's fun to say, brightens your day, makes you think of the little mermaid, you know, <laughs> under the sea, that kind of thing. Well... And one thing that no one, not the three of us, no one in this uh, chat group right now, and it's not here online because it would never be in the news article, it is still, to this day in 2020, I believe, when you say welfare recipient, the first you think of is is a person of color, African-American, black, and there is a racial component because you can get away with legislating 
uh, to a certain base of people. When you say, we need to cut welfare, we need to, you know, these people need to go to work, there is a, yeah, those people. It's, it is legislation, not just to attack the poor, but there is a subtle, or even if not subtle, just, it's automatically what you think of. It's, it's the way it's been designed to make a racial-slash-racist component to welfare, whereas that's not me, I'm a good white American, those lazy folk, they do need to get to work. And that's how these people get voted into office when they talk about attacking welfare and reforming welfare and doing those things. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's, there's plenty of white people that are on it. It's, it oh, I, there are. I, I don't hear as much of that directly in, in, in what they're saying as, as it's sort of, um, they're, they're, they, they play it off more as you are somehow paying more in taxes because somebody doesn't want to work, whether they're yes. black, white, whatever. That tends to be more that, that I hear on, you know, whether it's conservative news, conservative talk, radio, whatever. They basically make it seem like, hey, the Democrats want to give your money to people who don't want to work in order to try to nab those people's votes. And so they're buying votes with your money. That tends to be a little more of their their angle. And I, I think it's, it's probably more effective than just trying to, you know, just have racial undertones because depending on which state you're in, you may not have a ton of people of color anyway. And so, especially if it's a really rural state, you, you know, it's not, you're, you're, you're going to have plenty of white people that need to do this too, you know, and that, that's going to be the majority of your welfare recipients just because there's no, not color in That's the hypocrisy of it is the undercurrent is there, but they vote for it. But when they're on welfare, when white people, it's sort of like, well, but I, but I need it. I earned it. You know, I, I'm a hardworking American. I'm just on tough time. It's, that's the hypocrisy that they always have is, when they need it, sure, it's deserved, but when other people need it, it's because they're lazy and incompetent. Dude, well, I doubt there's a ton of people that are voting against, you know, stronger welfare that are on welfare or have really oh my God. used it much. You, let me tell you something. The best thing that that I I I just I just rolled my eyes at in the 2016 election was all the people who were trying to get rid of Obamacare and then they were told you do realize that you're on it and they're like what like that's just how that's, stupid yeah that's fucking are. ridiculous how do you not that's know that how, because they've been brainwashed into believing that they're not it's it's not them and it's like and that's that goes to that thing 40 years ago. When they started making education in a lot of these states not that important, and this is what you get: you get people that don't think right. They have no idea. I did. I did also like uh, going with that when they would go around and sort of interview people at a at a Trump rally or, or wherever. You know what I mean? That were um, really against Obamacare, and they'd be like, "Well, how do you feel about um, you, you know this?" A conservative senator's plan, you know, and, and, and they would just basically describe the Affordable Care Act. So they'd be like, yeah, that's good. That's way better than Obamacare. Well, if you remember this, with uh, after uh, the ACA was implemented, Kentucky was one of the first states uh, that, that really pushed it onto its citizenry. But I think they either made sure to call it the Affordable Care Act or they tweaked it a little to like Kentucky Care, but it was basically Obamacare. 
and people loved it. Call it Reagan Care. It yeah. doesn't matter. Exactly. They could they could give your kids strychnine under Reagan Care, and half the country would still vote for it. Well, that's my point: is you change the name, and people like, oh, I love this, and they don't understand that it was in Kentucky still Obamacare, but they knew to sell it. They couldn't call it that. They they knew they needed to get that away from Obama, and. It might. I. I. I'm just. I'm having memories now, so I don't know exactly if they did just try and push the ACA angle or if they called it Kentucky Care. But people loved it, and then when they found out it was Obamacare, like Brian said, it was huh. And going back to the whole welfare and social security thing, um, 60 minutes years ago, and I just tried googling it, and I can't find it, so I'm only going off a very old memory of mine. I. It was probably around the uh, 2009, 2010, after the recession. They went to a southern state. I forget forget which one, but they found a community where so many people were on disability from the government disability because they went they got thrown out of work, and there was a lawyer there that said, "Well, why don't you apply for disability?" And they they were all able bodied people, and when they were busted and talked to, they're like, "Yeah, but I needed it to get by." So again, it's when they take advantage, it's okay, but when someone else does it, they're wrong. And, and as Brian said, I know someone very personally who I say cheats the system and it pisses me off, but what are you going to do? He's on disability because he's sad, because he can't work because he's sad. My wife is clinically depressed. She is on medication, so I'm not making fun of people that are clinically depressed. He's just a dick, and he uses I'm sad to not work and collect from the government, even though he's absolutely able-bodied. So it's it's out there. Yeah, I'm an... I'm going to help your wife, Nate. Um, uh, I'm going to give you, here's my prescription. Let me just write it down. Uh, Nate, you should leave. There you go. Now she'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> I made her happier when I showed up. So uh, raspberries. Oh, the, look at him tooting his own horn. <laughs> <laughs> I rarely do it because I have low self-esteem. But I, I will say that like I, I'm not... I'm not super in love with the Affordable Care Act as as a an end all be all to to the healthcare no, system. No, it was a blow like, job certainly, to the it does, insurance. Right? Yeah, it does. It does nothing to or very little to to actually lower the cost of of what these companies can charge for 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 healthcare. Um, if you're gonna that, and that's a big problem that I have with with like um, you know, a, a lot of people like Bernie Sanders is I I tend to hear a lot more of this is how we're going to pay for what you know for healthcare as opposed to how are we going to cut the cost of it how are we going to cut the up how are we going to cap the cost like you you always hear not anymore but you know that that what what was his name Martin Shrinky or whatever that that yeah, Wall sure, Street the farm, farm boy. Who, yeah yeah and everybody always just sort of, oh, look at him. What a bad guy. Isn't he a dick? It's like, yeah, but the more important question is why is that fucking weasel able to be in charge of the cost of our medicine in this country? That, of course that's fucking happening if that's the, if that's the case. Well, you're talking about two different things here. And, and so I, I, will, I will share. So I had a friend die because they didn't have health insurance. So because they didn't have health insurance – they let certain symptoms go too long because they couldn't afford to they did they couldn't afford to go bankrupt by going and that decision ultimately cost them their lives on the flip side in california uh there was somebody else and i was talking to them and they were explaining to me their symptoms and i was like dude 
you got to get on Obamacare. It's made for people like you. You, it, you can at least go to it. And he's like, what? I'm like, just go do it. And a, it's, and a lot of people have been shamed into not doing it as well. And so, which is which is fucking awful. Well, of course, you know? it's awful. I mean, that's, that's it's the a last human thing right want. to be healthy. It's a human yeah. right to be looked at and cared for when you're not feeling well. It's a it should be a human right across the board. Take politics out of it. But that being said, he did. He followed up because I was relentless with him of just doing it, and he got better. He went to a doctor, and things got better for him. But that being said, the issue you guys are talking about it's twofold. The healthcare system is a joke because the prices for things are outrageous. It's just right, made up. Right. They just make up prices because they're like, say, take as, get as much as you can for this because the stockholders that invested in this will be getting a shitload of money. And it goes, it, it literally goes back to not who's going to pay for it, but how I always say this, and this has been, I've been saying this since the 80s how many fucking yachts and cars and houses do you need? Okay, for the people that are charging these exorbitant rates, start there. But they go, ah, capitalism, America, free market. I can have as many guns and houses and cars and dogs, whatever I want, tennis shoes, whatever I want. That's America. I can have as many as I can. And I don't care if it affects and costs other people their lives. I just don't care. Like that's Amer- that's the American way. And if you can't change that culturally, I don't know how you can fix the other problem. Right, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to have to, like, yeah, you definitely want to get people insured. Um, I, I definitely don't like the other side's um, response to Obamacare, which is, eh, fuck them, you know, that, that seems to basically be it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's you, you got to figure out a way to fucking cap those costs because the the type of people that, that you, you know, run the financial industries and things like that, that are, are unfortunately, our medicine's fucking tied to, they don't give a shit. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna up it as much as they can. And since they're, with health, with, with health insurance, they're primarily dealing with, um, um, you're basically just submitting it to a, to a computer. So you, you, the, the costs, I mean, if you're the hospital. And so they, they basically do a weird game where they just kind of, they, they try to charge a little bit more. The computer comes back. The little algorithm says, hey, you got to do a little bit less. And then they kind of meet in the middle. And they've been upping the cost of everything over, over years because there's very few times is there an actual person, a human being staring line for line and, and, you know, actually has a vested interest in this system of, of coming back and being like, hey, why the fuck am I paying $100 for an aspirin or, or you, you know what I mean, like an EpiPen, whatever. And, and so it's just going to keep getting jacked up. So it's like, yeah, get people insured, absolutely. But if you're only going to talk about that, which a lot, of these, a lot of these politicians do, and not at all about what can health insurance companies charge, what can the, the providers of medicine, what can they charge, then you're going to eventually run into the same thing, man. If you have like a government healthcare program, but, but it's just basically, oh, hey, buy our insurance, eventually those fuckers are going to jack up the costs on you. You're going to have crazy high deductibles to where you're going to be paying a, a shitload out of pocket. It's just going to get worse over the years. Yeah, and um, Jake and I have talked about that before, the idea that it's, uh, um, you know, oh, this this aspirin costs two pennies and they charge $100 for it. Um, Jake just said something that I don't think we've talked about, the algorithm. One thing that's scary and sad is 
there is no set price anywhere. So every hospital is different. There's no set price for what it is to be on a ventilator, what it is to charge for an aspirin, what it is to charge for any surf service. So as far as healthcare costs, there's also no just mean, no gradient, no stand. And that's also frightening. You go to one hospital, you're going to pay one amount. You go to another hospital, you're going to pay another amount. When you'd think that in a land you could have competition, yes, but that's for UPS versus FedEx, not hospital versus hospital. That's frightening and scary. Right. Oh, dude, it's, it's gonna go. I'm telling you, if, if Trump gets elected again and this coronavirus continues, we're going to have reality TV shows where competitors compete for, to win ventilators and shit. It's going to be crazy. Well, let's let's end on this note. Let's uh, go all the way back to where we started. I said Joe Rogan was uh, trending. Let me read you his quote. I'll tell you my response. Yeah, I'm curious to hear this, man. I didn't hear about this until you mentioned that earlier. Okay, well, and then I'll get your thought, every both of your thoughts. So what he said, I don't know who he was interviewing. I just watched a quick uh, clip, and then I looked up the quote to make sure it was accurate. It's all over Twitter. Um, he said, I would rather vote for Trump than Biden. I don't think he... Biden can handle anything. You're really, you are relying entirely on his cabinet. My response to that is, yes, that's exactly what you want. Brian, you don't know this. Jake, you do. I saw Brian, uh, Biden speak over the summer. He came to Iowa like they always do, uh, and I and it was the most underwhelming, awful, off-putting. I would never vote for him. But I'm going to vote for him. It, w- it was just incoherent babbling. He he had no clear message. So his campaign you, slogan is basically, I'm not Trump vote for right. me. I mean, that's what it's going to be. But if you are relying entirely on his cabinet, that is what you want. All Trump does is plays golf and holds rallies in arenas. Hey, I'm Trump. Dig me. I am fine with Biden doing that. I trust Biden to surround himself with good people, and then Biden can just be the comforter in charge. In a time like this, he can step in front of the cameras and say, we're going to be fine, we're going to be fine, we're going to get through this, and he lets smart people work on it. So, as But that's Rogan still says, less than ideal to have a, have a guy that's basically is, senile and has to fucking sit back and have other people do everything. But that's all Trump is doing. Where Rogan says, I'd rather vote for Trump than Biden because I don't trust Biden, he'd be relying on his cabinet. The only oh, time again, Trump steps not in saying to do Trump's anything, fucking great. Yeah. I, I, yeah, but he's not my gold standard for presidents either. No, but I'm just saying that if it comes down to the two of them, I think it's a no-brainer that you vote for Biden. What are your thoughts? Uh, Jake, go first since you've got ideas already. Well, yeah, I mean, I I would say definitely if um if 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 you more are in line with you know, you know policies with people like Bernie Sanders something like that, um yeah, Biden's clearly fucking off his rocker. He's probably not going to get any better. I I do think there is a chance he's going senile. Um that that is fucking disturbing. Not ideal at all for a president. That being said, his actual policies are going to be, in my view as somebody who's a fairly progressive guy, better than the policies of Trump. And so I would, I would be shocked if there's that many people that, are, that would you know, vote for Bernie Sanders over Biden, but then vote for Trump over Biden. Like, it just seems no nobody policy-wise is going to be further from a Bernie Sanders than a Donald Trump. At least if you're comparing him to people on the left. True. 
Brian, any thoughts, ideas as we head into the election, if this is what our choices are or uh, what Rogan said about Trump versus Biden because of senility? Yeah, a, a couple things. One, I don't like Donald Trump not because he's the president and not because of policies. I mean, each policy is debatable. I don't like Donald Trump and I never have liked Donald Trump because I think he is a megaphone for the worst in humanity. And he's brought that out and it's exhausting. The way he talks, the behaves, he's an asshole. And we've been fighting so hard to evolve as human beings to maybe not always look at things in a negative, dark, asinine way. And just be, just be every day wake up looking to see who we could be a dick to. That's what we've been trying to move away from. So that's why I just, he needs to go away sooner than later. With respects to Biden, I think a lot of people need to understand a couple of things. And it's happening with Trump too. I often tell people Trump, the policies are not Trump's policies. That's Mitch McConnell and all of his good old boys manipulating the system behind him. Trump's just a horrible human being that just is allowing too many horrible human beings to have a voice. That needs to go away. What Biden is, is he's just a pathway potentially for the future and for better people to take office. It's short-lived, and I will reference Ronald Reagan. We all know that Ronald Reagan, and it obviously proved to be true, was losing his mind while he was in office, and he was protected by other people, and other people were running things. What, That's what, true. Do you think it's going to be that easy to insulate something like that with social media, though? Uh, no, no. What I was saying was I think that Biden is fine. for. I think Biden is a stopgap. He is a four year stopgap he is not an eight-year president and i think oh, can i interrupt you quick yeah i apologize i do believe and i'll look it up as you continue i do believe he said he would only run for one term yeah but my, so, i'm calling bullshit on that well, dude I, I don't unless unless he gets so fucking senile that he's straight straight up can't I, do I don't think it's that i think that he seems to be a reasonable person and he has he has seen some bad things happen in his own family and in his life. I think he's also a realist. He's a politician, but he can, there's probably parts of him that are very realistic. And I think he also is like, if he brings the right people in with him and lays the right framework, then everything will be okay. So I, I, I do agree with him within that respect, but, but what I'm, it, with everything else, I've always looked at, I liked Bernie Sanders and, and in my area, I was not surprised that he won California because that was the only sign that I saw anywhere. In California, was Bernie Sanders. What Bernie Sanders is good for, and what a lot of the progressives are good for, is they just move the needle. The needle's not ever going to always go straight to them. We've seen what bastardizing of politics can happen when the Tea Party and the extremists took over the Republican Party. We also see that that's not good. So I think more Democrats are reasonable, middle-of-the-road people and will not allow too many extreme things to take place. But some of the extreme ideologies can be uh, reformed for the better. I truly do believe that, whether that's on one side or the other. But my point is that if you if you use Reagan as a model, Reagan was just a mouthpiece. It was everybody else was doing the work behind the scenes, so Biden could do the same damn thing. I like that. Uh, so he has not gone on record and said he won't run, but there everything he has there's all through his campaign. Everything Google article I pull up says that it's it's a high probability that he just wants to act like you did said as a stopgap. Yeah. But the only the only other question then is is Reagan wasn't losing his mind when he when he got into office at least it wasn't apparent that was more like in his second term if Biden 
is already like just opening his mouth and saying asinine things and just he seems like he's fucking going senile like he just sort of that's usually one of the first things that people when they go senile lose is their 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 like social filters and things like that that tends i mean it, it varies in people but that tends to be with a lot of people what's going first and i mean maybe i'm wrong on that i'm not the man's doctor i'm not anyone's fucking doctor i don't th- but if he's i disagree if he's already this bad this early what's what you know what's the second term gonna look like should he be you know what what what, what fuck what happens eight years from there's now? two things I, I'm, I'm not worried about a second term yeah, at all. I'm, I, yeah. There's, there's two things i'm gonna tell you i don't He's probably got some of the best doctors in the world looking at him. And I think if, if honestly, if there were doctors and family members that truly believed that this could end very, very badly for him, I just don't know why people would allow him to go through that. Now, that being said, if he is fine right now and he has a problem a year from now, that's why it's so important to pick the right running mate because that person could just pick up where you're left off and everything will be fine. It's happened again in the past. It's, it's happened before in the past. And going back to the Reagan thing, to put a button on this, um, it, it's, I think it's worth everybody's worthwhile to go and read about what was going on behind the scenes in the Republican Party right before Reagan ran, ran, was running for president and all – the people that took over the Republican Party at that time and how we got to where we are 40 years later. It's, it's, there's a lot of um, really great information out there that'll, that'll explain to you how we slowly got to where we are. And you read it all and you go, oh my God, yeah, that was happening right before our very eyes. Oh my God, yes, you're right, you're right, you're right. Some great articles out there about that stuff. Historic, um, historians doing it, not just not, not puff pieces. Yeah, I like what you said, and um, it, it made me think of this. You talk about uh, the running mate if something does happen within the first year of his presidency. Uh, even even if he doesn't have the best uh, vice president, there are systems in place. Say Biden has a stroke. I saw a documentary. Uh, it was very interesting. Uh, president Bill Mitchell uh, had a stroke, and so there was a guy, Dave Kovic, who ran a temporary unemployment agency in Washington, D.C., and they had him step in to pretend to be the president uh, during the sickness, and it just worked fantastically. And, of course, I'm describing the Ivan Reitman movie Dave with Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that works. All right, one final story. Let's end on a tragic note. Why not? An 18-wheeler in the process of delivering much-needed toilet paper to San Antonio, Texas, crashed on Wednesday after the driver hit a bump, quote, hit a bump. It resulted in a massive fire as rolls of toilet paper scattered across the highway. In this time of need, when it, it, it's like a, an oil tanker going down in the 70s during the... Uh, gas lines we we should pay our respects as we close out to the to the truck that lost its toilet paper we should and i'm very conspiracy minded i believe that truck's brakes lines were were, were cut by the, uh, the, the 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 goons working for the big bidet companies i think they, they're trying to sell bidets i think those brake lines were cut by tracy morgan trying to cash in on a second crash there we go yeah he went through that money pretty quick you know he Too was many giant aquariums looking to get hit but they missed him so he snuck off like shit he didn't hit my car all right i better get out of here before they wonder what i was doing down here i they need they need to make a um sort of like a buddy cop comedy but like a buddy bad guy comedy where uh tracy morgan team up with uh i don't know some some wacky french bidet guy and they just start taking out walmart trucks carrying uh toilet paper (laughs) 
<laughs> there you go. R- Brian, R- closing thoughts? Yeah, R-I-P-T-P. Just wrote that one, you guys. Yes. Oh, Very that's, nice. That could be a movie. Uh, not not to be confused with R.I.P.P.D., which was a horrible movie. And secondly, Bill, Bill, if, 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 I'll end on this because I, I want to end on an uptick. Uh, everybody's looking for stuff to do right now during the quarantine. If you have never, speaking of Bill Mitchell, because he's a character named Billy Mitchell in a great documentary, and it doesn't get better than this, The King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters. If you have not seen that documentary yet, watch it The King, King of Kong? King of Kong. Of, or- King Kong, of Donkey Kong. Kong. I've heard of it. Fistful of Quarters. If you have not watched that documentary, trust me. I have not. It is going to be one of the greatest documentaries you have ever, ever, ever seen. King of Kong. Fistful and it's of about, Quarters. And it's about playing Donkey Kong? Yes. And there is nice. a, and you'll see you, the I, character Billy Mitchell in it. That's all I'm going to say, guys. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> I, I missed it if you said it. Did you did you say it's on Netflix or HBO or Amazon? Did you say where it was? I don't know where it, it is, I but the bottom line is find it. And watch it. It is one of the best right. documentaries you're ever going to see. I am going to finish Mc, uh, Millions, although I will say that I lean more Brian than I do Jake. I'm enjoying it, but I think it's overhyped. Um, Tiger King is one of the few things that actually lives up to the hype, where I'm like, okay, this can't be that. And Tiger King actually did live up to the, is that bizarre? I was just going to say... Is it be, now? I watched McMillions before Tiger King, and I'm and watching it I, after. I, yes, yes. I think that uh, look at. I mean, look at everything that's going on with this virus, and somehow that fucking documentary was so good that people were still. It was still blowing up and going viral. You know, like I, I really think that's sort of like watching The Sopranos or Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones. And then, and then, just go into another series right after that. Like it better be a goddamn good one. I, I think, I think, I think your bell curve's all fucked up after Tiger King. That's what I think's going on. I, I can see that happening. Yeah. All right, Mr. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure having you. Oh, here. Thanks for having As me, guys. Said, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being on, man. Look, Google listeners, Google his movie Fixed. Uh, As I said, you can find it on YouTube, Amazon, Google Play. It's about a guy deciding whether or not he should get snipped the vasectomy i won't tell you what happens at the end and uh, look for hollywood anonymous the podcast and or live streaming weekdays on facebook all right bye everyone bye thank you later